This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of brachial plexus, from the nerves of the upper extremity section, from the anatomy topic on orthobullets.com. So the standard brachial plexus comes from C5, C6, C7, C8, and T1 in 77% of patients. 22% of people have a prefixed brachial plexus, which also receives contributions from C3 and C4. And 1% of people have a postfixed brachial plexus, which have roots caudal to T1. So now let's go over the anatomy of the brachial plexus. Remember the mnemonic Robert Turner drinks cold beer, RTDCB, where R stands for roots, T stands for trunks, D stands for divisions, and C stands for courts. So starting with the roots, remember that there are five roots. These are the ventral rami of C5 to T1, which are superior and posterior to the subclavian. The dorsal scapular nerve, which receives contributions from C5, goes through the levator scapula to supply the levator scapula, rhomboid major, and minor. The long thoracic nerve receives contributions from C5, C6, and C7, and is found posterior to the plexus on the thoracic wall to supply the serratus anterior. Moving on to trunks, remember that there are three trunks, and these emerge from the triangle formed by the anterior scalene, middle scalene, and the first rib. The superior trunk contains C5 and C6 roots. The suprascapular nerve receives contributions from C5 and C6 and travels through the suprascapular notch to the supraspinatus, infraspinatus, AC, and glenohumeral joints. The superior trunk also contains the nerve to the subclavius, which receives contributions from C5 and C6. The middle trunk contains C7, and the inferior trunk contains C8 and T1. Moving on to divisions, remember there are six divisions, three anterior and three posterior. And remember each trunk gives one anterior and one posterior division, for a total of six divisions. Moving on to cords, remember that there are three cords, the posterior cord, the lateral cord, and the medial cord. The posterior cord is formed from three posterior divisions. The upper subscapular nerve, which receives contributions from C5 and C6, innervates the subscapularis. The lower subscapular nerve, which also receives contributions from C5 and C6, innervates the subscapularis and teres major. And the thoracodorsal nerve, which receives contributions from C6, C7, and C8, innervates the latissimus dorsi. Moving on to the lateral cord, this is formed from the anterior divisions of the superior and middle trunks, which receives contributions from C5, C6, and C7. The lateral pectoral nerve, which receives contributions from C5, C6, and C7, innervates the pectoralis major and has communication with the medial pectoral nerve. The medial cord is formed from the anterior division of the inferior trunk, which receives contributions from C8 and T1. So the medial pectoral nerve, which receives contributions from C8 and T1, pierces the pec minor and supplies the pec minor and pec major. The medial cord also contains the medial brachial cutaneous nerve, which receives contributions from T1, and finally the medial antibrachial cutaneous nerve, which receives contributions from C8 and T1. Finally, there are six branches, two terminal branches from each cord, for a total of six branches. So in the posterior cord, you have the axillary nerve and the radial nerve. The axillary nerve receives contributions from C5, C6, and travels through the quadrilateral space to the teres minor, deltoid, and is the major nerve supply to the glenohumeral joint, and also gives off the superior lateral brachial cutaneous nerve. 
the radial nerve, which receives contributions from C5 to T1, runs with the long head of the triceps in the triangular interval into the radial groove on the posterior humerus. It supplies the elbow and forearm extensors and the supinator. It gives off the posterior brachial cutaneous, inferior lateral brachial cutaneous, posterior antibrachial cutaneous, and superficial radial nerves, which is posterior in the radial hand. Moving on to the lateral cord, the lateral cord of the median nerve, which receives contributions from C5 to C7, joins the medial cord anterior to the axillary artery, then travels with the artery. It innervates the wrist flexors except for the FCU and the ulnar half of the FDP, pronators, radial two lumbricals, opponent's pollicis, abductor pollicis brevis, and the superficial head of the flexor pollicis brevis. It also has a sensory distribution in the hand. The musculocutaneous nerve is also part of the lateral cord and receives contributions from C5, C6, and C7. This is the most superficial branch and pierces the coracobrachialis 1.5 to 9 centimeters from the origin to supply the biceps, coracobrachialis, brachialis, and it ends as the lateral antibrachial cutaneous nerve. Finally, the medial cord of the median nerve receives contributions from C8 to T1 and joins the lateral cord of the median nerve anterior to the axillary artery, then travels with the artery. The ulnar nerve is the other branch of the medial cord, which receives contributions from C8 and T1. It innervates the FCU, one half of the FDP, the adductor pollicis, the deep head of the flexor pollicis brevis, the hypothenar muscles, and the intrinsics except the radial two lumbricals, and it also provides sensory innervation to the hand. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one quick question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. What are the two terminal branches of the lateral cord of the brachial plexus? And the choices are one, musculocutaneous and median, two, musculocutaneous and axillary, three, median and axillary, four, ulnar and median, and five, ulnar and medial pectoral. The correct answer to this question is one, musculocutaneous and median. So the lateral cord divides into the musculocutaneous and median nerves. The posterior cord terminates into the axillary and radial nerves. The medial cord divides into the ulnar and median nerves. That's all for this review about the brachial plexus. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or app while going through the topic. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.